Hey guys, welcome back to another installment of the Back Rim Boys. Uh, been a while, but you know we had to take in all of the free agency and stuff like that. A few of the boys were on vacation, so we'll get to hear about those little travels and stuff like that on this show. We'll talk all things free agency so far, as all the major signings have happened, even though it was kind of a calm before the storm kind of free agency. We'll talk a little bit of the summer league hoops that have happened, the Sacramento and Utah leagues. Wrapped up, Vegas Summer League starting tonight, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but we'll just talk about free agency most of the part, so come in, stay. We'll talk about winners and losers, stuff like that. It's going to be a good one, so let's get to it. How we doing, fellas? Tired, but I'm here. Yeah. A true grinder. A true grinder. Matt Matt was a, a tri-sport athlete yesterday. Oh, okay. you know, man, man I just... Basically did a bit uh, a little, little uh decathlon myself, but all right, Olympics, if you're listening, yeah, call you know. my boy up. Team USA, if you got it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to Paris next year for the Olympics, you know I me. Mean? Already That's got the phone here. call. Wow, impressive. Glad to be back though. Little little sun sun kiss vacation up up getting my tan on, you know how it be. Houston, Houston's slaving away. Houston actually is the only one of us that is a productive human being anymore, I feel like. Nah, that was just like a one-time thing that, <laughs> that I had to uh, had to do. I'm back taking, now. I don't have to go anywhere. Stats, him taking stats for that baseball team, man. It's really important. Bro, I, I mean, I did that. We were taking BP and then having to deal with all the players after, like, at the hotel and stuff. So I got my my share of work done for the next few days. That's what I'm hearing. Sounds good. All right. Hopping into free agency recap. Um, Y'all want to start with the winners? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the big one is, you know, Frederico Van Fleet. Frederico. Um, You know what Drake said is Turks and Caicos tan is going to go hard in, in Houston, you know, four year, Three-year, 120, 40 mil a year for an undrafted player. It's a bag. He's he was, a good player. It's. I think it's just so crazy. He came off such a bad season. Like, not not like comparatively, but to his like his career arc, it basically was his low point, and then he still got paid, which I find somewhat insane, but. I just, I just think he's like a twenty point per game scorer, and that's like going to be the top of the top. I mean, yeah, he'll make Houston like a little better, but like they'll go from like what they won twenty games, they're going to go to thirty wins probably. <laughs> that's improvement, baby. Yeah, I mean, they're they're improving is. with their young core, Matt. You got to remember that. You got to stay stay focused, bro. Slow. But grind. it's not like it's not like okay, anything, anything to get off KPJ. To be honest, it's, that was kind of like he's. Rough. He's not like that veteran presence where like people are gonna be like, I respect that man when he walks in the locker room because of what he's done in the league. Like he yeah. isn't really. Hey man, he won he won a chip. Yeah, he won a chip. He was a one time all star, but he's not like commanding people's respect, especially from you know, all the hoopers in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. That is but true. You, if he's smart, man, man never has to work another day in his life. They did bring in some, to counter your point, uh, they did bring in, like, Patty Mills and uh, Jeff Green. 
to kind of bring in those veteran presence. Uh, I just get kind of confused. I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit on some of the other teams uh, when we were talking draft and timelines and stuff like that. I just find it interesting where you draft like a Thompson twin who, you know, maybe you don't want to have him thrown right into the fire, uh, but then you go sign a guy that plays his position or something, you know? So now it's like you drafted all these dudes and now they're going to get limited minutes off the bench. So I don't know if you don't trust them or, you know, I'm saying like Fred Van Fleet isn't a world changing point guard. So if you now you throw now Thompson's, I would assume is coming off the bench now. So you kind of maybe delay his growth as a player. Go get same thing. Go get Dylan Brooks, which I like a little more. But again, now you're potentially delaying Cam Whitmore's growth, Tar Eason's growth. So I like you're saying it's kind of confusing when you're maybe going from a 20 win team to a 30 win team and you went out and sign you know paid a bunch of dudes that probably won't have a long-term impact on your team yeah i just don't know what direction they're really going and you know we'll get into that later in the loser side but i think another winner and i don't want i'm not going to say them because i'm not going to be the homework but another team is the indiana pacers i think they had a great free agency I would agree for sure. Great signings. I think the Bruce Brown contract is great because, yeah, they gave him a lot of money, but it's only two years, so they could get out of that really fast. doesn't really delay what they're trying to do there at all. Um, And I think they, just, they kept their core together. They added Obi Topman. I think that was a really good addition for them. That's probably finally their power forward piece that they've been looking for. Yeah. Um, Got rid of Chris Duarte, who you don't really need anymore because you have Benedict Matherin and you have Bruce Brown coming in. So I think like they're a team that should take a step and make the playoffs next year. I would definitely agree. Uh, like you said, I think, and I think we touched on this in one of the last episodes. Uh, they definitely were lacking a true four. Um, I think they're. We said they were running Jalen Smith at the four a lot. Um, I don't know if Obi Toppin is yet kind of a stretch four, but I think he offers a little more floor spacing uh, than uh, Jalen Smith did. And I, I think that's what they needed out of that spot, just because in today's game, obviously you, you bunch up the paint and it doesn't work the way it should. Um, I like how they didn't move off Buddy Heel personally. I know a lot of people were maybe thinking they would. Uh, I, I think he contributes a lot working off Tyrese Halliburton solid too. Uh, I think you could even slide him eventually maybe to the bench as like a six man microwave type guy. If Benedict Matherin takes that leap. Um, but I just think those two guys um, as your backcourt to start uh, is a really solid duo. Um, like you said, I, not competing necessarily, but definitely a, a playoff level roster at this point. Houston, you got anything on the Pacers? No, I mean, I think the Bruce Brown signing was good. Um, they didn't really make any big splashes, though, it seemed like. So yeah. I I guess I could kind of see them floating around, you know, like the later parts of the play-in before making it in if they're not – if Halliburton doesn't just show out this season. But uh, I think one of the teams that did fairly well – in free agency was the Dallas Mavericks. 
you know, getting Seth Curry. They got, like, Rashawn Holmes, who played decently for the Kings a few years ago before he just, like, dropped from the rotation. And then re-signed White Powell, signed and trade for Grant Williams. They got Dante Axum on, like, a vet man who that – I mean, that doesn't really do much for them, but that's just another guy they have. And then the re-signed of Kyrie. So it'll be interesting to see how they can – kind of like put together this whole roster before the the season starts and if they make any moves with Kyrie because I know that's been like the buzz recently. 35 I like, that. I like that you bring him up though because I don't it's like it's not the traditional way of winning that they just like got increasingly better. But I think for me what makes them win is the fact that they didn't just run it back um with you know, because we've seen basically since Lucas got to his his stardom level, is they do the whole, uh, you know, like throw some wings out there and try mm-hmm. to play. They've played small ball basically his whole career, um, and I think they got some size. They got some, uh, not necessarily bigger, but like Grant Williams is way more defensive minded than a Reggie Bullock who they traded for. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Dante Exum does, but I just like how they maybe are taking a different direction with this roster and not just simply trying to apply the same strategy that they have with Luca the last few years. I just um, don't another- I just don't think the pieces really add anything. I think Seth Curry is way past his prime. I think like the Seth Curry that was that left Dallas in 2020 is a lot different than the Seth Curry that's coming back to Dallas in 2023. Um with Grant Williams, I just don't really know what his role is going to be there cuz he's not He's not a lockdown defensive player. He's he's an average, above average defensive player. But, you know, I think he's just going to be there to create some antics and stuff like that. And I don't know if you really need any more distractions with when you have Kyrie on the team already. Um, Again, I just don't think you're surrounding Luka with the players you need to surround him with. Because I think, like, trading away Reggie Bullock was probably not the smartest decision because that's a good piece to have because it's a defender and then a guy who just stands in the corner shooting threes. Luke, I don't think Luca's going to like players taking away shots from him, and that's what you brought in here because I think Luca a little bit cares more about his stats than he does about winning some sometimes. No, I get it. I can see. It's, it's just going to be interesting. I think – I don't again. I I would agree with you. Where I don't know if it necessarily makes sense, but I'm just glad they didn't do the same. They, 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 it seemed like they had to make some kind of moves and sign guys because yeah. what they did last year wasn't really working out. So the two main ones, Seth Curry and Grant Williams, I liked. Another subtle team, subtle team um, that didn't make any big splashes, but I think did a good job with the resources they had available was the Suns. Um, Adding uh, Bates Diop from the Spurs, who, you know, was a high 30% three-point shooter. Um, I thought it was interesting they let Landell walk, but then they were replacing with Eubanks. I thought that was good. Um, basically, they just added length and shooting, which, you know, they still maybe lack defense, but I think those dudes can step into roles and fill gaps. Uh, so I, I think we were kind of concerned that they might not be able to fill out this bench with pieces, but in my opinion, I think they did good with the available money that they had being extremely limited with the, you know, the big contracts that they have on their roster. I agree. 
Yeah, but it's just not going to help them in the long run. Like, like it's like what they did with adding guys like Terrence Ross at the, at the in the bio market. Like, it's going to help them in a game in like January, but it's not going to help them in April and May. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just I'm not really high on Phoenix, but I think they just have too many too many mouths to feed. But we'll we'll see. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think it's – I think Bradley Beal is okay taking a backseat role, which I think we talked about. And we've seen KD and Booker work really well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I think it will just come down to if Aiton can buy in and if some of these dudes can contribute even a little bit. But uh, on paper, I think they don't look bad. I would agree yeah. where it's it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to chemistry like it always does with, you know, super loaded star teams like this. Um, finally, I think unless anybody else has another one, I think the clear one of the biggest winning teams that actually made extreme strides was the Los Angeles Lakers, as Matt is extremely happy to find out. Great, great, great offseason. Yeah, take the lead, my boy. Rob Palenka, executive of the year. I think what they did with – such limited resources was in, was incredible to me and the talent they added. Because everyone was like, well, please just run it back, bring this core back, because that core that they got at the deadline, what they had the second-best record in basketball um, after the All-Star break. So you really saw that team, and then they went to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, they got swept by the champs, but you saw a lot of strides there. I think this is the best team where LeBron could kind of coast through the regular season and then you're able to have um, these other guys step up so LeBron could be healthy in the playoffs. And, of course, the big question with them is, is Anthony can Anthony Davis play 65-plus games? Um, because that's really the key. If he does that, then they'll win, like, 45 of those 65 he plays in. But it'll be interesting to see. But I think the Gabe Vincent signing was great. That's a great backup point guard to have now um, and a great six-man. Um, Jackson Hayes is an interesting one. I'm not so high on that one, but I like the signing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you brought back Austin Reeves. You brought back uh, Rui Achimura. You brought back D'Lo, which I'm okay about. Uh, Torian Prince is a good signing. That guy averaged 10 for Minnesota last year. It's all good. I think – you. You lo- losing Lonnie Walker is going to hurt a little bit. Um, guys like Malik Beasley, because those are guys that can kind of help you through the regular season. But I think overall they're going to be – they could win maybe 50 games. It, I mean, it kind of seems now – It kind of seems now that they have, like, an overload of, like, rotational players. So, like, they got Hachimura, Schroeder, Reeves – Prince, Hayes, LeBron, Cam Reddish, Lonnie Walker, AD, Vincent Vanderbilt, Russell. And they just got, you know, Hood Shafino and Maxwell Lewis. That seems kind of like a lot of players. Well, we don't have we don't have Schroeder or Lonnie Walker anymore, so. They're gone gone? Yeah, Schroeder's to the Raptors, Lonnie Walker's to the Nets. Okay. Lakers gotta update their their roster right now, but that still that's like 13 or 14 guys that they're going to have. Who who are they taking out of that, that rotation, you think, Matt? 
I mean, it's just, it just it depends on the night. That's the thing is like LeBron and AD can miss up to twenty games each other each season. So just gotta hope that people people step up. I think Austin Reeves could average twenty points per game this season. So I'd be on the lookout for him to win most improved player. It's my early vote. I just found it honestly like I feel like everyone, including myself, thought at least one of. Hachimura, Reeves, or Russell was gone just simply because of money. And I think they're the the fact that they could, you know, get all those guys back and then add other pieces on top of that um, was really good. I am, I think it's interesting. And this is to Houston's point a little bit. It seems like they kind of added, obviously, the Gabe Vincent and um, Gabe Vincent signing was good. But other than that, it is kind of like, what is what is Jackson Hayes going to bring? What is Cam Reddish going to bring? Just in terms of they, you know, those dudes could be hits uh, and big splashes, and that we've seen uh, good potential, you know, breakout from those guys. But at the same time, they could also add nothing, which I guess doesn't necessarily hurt you. Uh, but I think my biggest thing for for this sign, some of the signings is what what are you going to get out of these dudes? Not that you need them to add a lot, but even like you're saying, Torian Prince, he's He's obviously bounced around a few places. So what is he going to add to this team? You know, is he going to be able to find his role or is it not going to fit? Just little things like that I think will be yeah. super interesting for this team to pay attention to. Like because because like you said, LeBron and AD go down. Um, then you know what who's stepping up, who's filling roles, who's yeah, you know, then does Jackson Hayes your starting center? Stuff like that. I just found mm-hmm. it'll I think that'll be an interesting storyline to watch for this for this team. I agree. Any other winners? I can't think of any for me. Um, uh, one signing that I liked was Dante DiVincenzo to the Knicks. They uh, they didn't make a splash, but they signed someone that is going to help their team. I think a lot, and I think that it'll it'll keep them in that area of like a four seed five seed in the East. If they can, if they can stay on track for where they were at last season. Um, I, I just think like with the Knicks, like they can add all those kind of tiny pieces, but first off, they traded Obi Topman, who was supposed to be the future of their team. Uh, like, they're not going to get any better because, you know, Jalen Brunson is not – that was the best we're going to see of Jalen Brunson. He is not going to play better than that. There's, It's not possible, okay? Um, and same thing with Julius Randle. Like, I think the Knicks, like, they, they're they not contenders, right? Like, who do we think, like – like, they're just stuck in, like, four to five reigns. It's like, I don't think you want to be there. Yeah, but with with how we saw the playoff shake up this past year, you know, like with the eight seed making it to the chip, you know, if the, if some things bounce their way, players get injured on other teams, they could find themselves working it up into like the two or three seed if some of these other teams aren't playing well. But yeah, when when it comes down to playoffs, it'll be interesting because Jalen Brunson is not like a huge dominant player like some of these other teams have. I also think they didn't need DiVincenzo. Because you, because what, Pop, 
uh, Tibbs likes to run, what, eight, seven players? Like, you had Quinn Grimes and Josh Hart where you're three guards already. So, like, now you're just taking minutes away from those two. Because he likes having at least RJ, Julius Randle, and uh, Brunson. He likes having two of the th- two of those three on the court at all t- on all at all times. So it's like, what are they doing? Who do you who do you think they slot in at the four now that they let or like backup big? Because Toppin was kind of their only big off the bench. I guess they ran Hartenstein too. Uh, do you think they go small? I'm asking because I think that might be the way they lean is just to run smalls off the bench. Instead of yeah, being, I mean like Miles McBride might get more minutes. Um, just because that duo of Toppin and Hartenstein uh, did not they have quickly too. Help. Like they, they do. Don't, they, 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 that's what I'm saying. They all have guards. They're they don't need Divincenzo. It's a, it's a chemistry play for sure. That's I mean to Houston's point. Like it's 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 almost purely for the vibes. I guess <laughs> Villanova. North. Yeah, let's take let's take the three of the Villanova team that lost in the second round. Let's take those three. All right, two two quick ones for to end on for me. Uh, to, like winners, if you want to call them that. Uh, the the max extension guys, Halliburton, Bain, Mello, Lamelo, they all got paid. And um, yeah, Anthony and Rosa. Just shout out those dudes got their bag, and then. Kind of an interesting to our point of the Knicks maybe sliding up to the two three spot. I think a winner is the Eastern Conference. Um, the West was stacked and I think got more stacked. You didn't see any big moves to the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. It felt like a lot of Western Conference teams were getting better, uh, and not necessarily Eastern Conference. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Hey, Chris Middleton's washed, but he got his bag in Houston. <laughs> yeah, man, he is washed. You should retire, bro. That 30, yeah, 31, should, man. Aged. I mean, yeah. He, he's, he's not the player he once was. That's what I'm going to say. That's why That's why I think the Bucks might fall out of, like, that top top three spot and, you know, the Knicks and Cavs kind of move up. That's just my opinion, Matt. You can, ah, that's a terrible – wow. You can – you can, Hate it all you want. I think it's going to be like Celtics, Cavs, Knicks, Bucks, Heat is like the top five. And then it will, if the Sixers, you know, don't trade away or if they trade away Harden for whatever they're looking for. That's what I was just about to say. Milwaukee, probably the same. I, they're not a one they, seed anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they, I, don't I don't think, think they, they got substantially there. better. The Boston, no, they just like got. They Boston probably everyone. got the best out of East. If Harden's gone, Philly got worse. Cleveland, you could say whatever. The Knicks, you could say whatever. Brooklyn, whatever. Like, none of these teams did anything. But think, but think about it like this. Think about it like this. Milwaukee was the one seed and had the best record in basketball with Chris Middleton playing what? He played 26 games? No, I, I agree. I agree with what you're going to say. I think that's it, why they were the best team in the East, Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. They just let Giannis cook. Okay, if Chris Middleton's healthy, that team wins probably 64 games. I would agree. I'm siding with Matt here. Houston, that's my bad. uh, I think they're still the best team in basketball on paper, roster for roster, right? 
because I mean they yeah. they brought back Brooke Lopez. Yeah. They, they have the team that fits the best. Like they could just plug in different pieces. Like the Malik Beasley signing, that's actually a pretty good signing for them because it's like Wes Matthews, but ten years younger. Yeah. But they need to get they need to get Grayson Allen the hell away from the basketball. That's what all I gotta say. Stop, bro. Why, dude? Trash. I mean, he's not playing bad, bro. That's last play of the season. Coward said, "That's Austin Reeves, baby." Dude, that was so bad. That I mean, was he's so not bad. playing like he too put, bad. He put Matt McClung up there, and I was like, "Has Matt McClung played enough NBA games to qualify?" He's been like three stats, bro. <laughs> that was a wild. That was oh, that was so that was crazy. That was awesome. Matt, how are you saying, like, get him away from the basketball? 27 minutes per game, 45% from the field, 40 from three, 91 from the free throw line. But did you see him at the end of the season? He was like deer in headlights. He was like, I don't want it. Oh, let me dribble out the clock. Okay. That's all right. It's the end of the season. We're getting ready for playoff time. It was the he's last getting, play of the He's playoffs. getting ready. It's how oh, their season. Why'd you say? Why'd you say regular season then? I said. It, I said the end of the season. How their season okay, ended. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Before Keep we get into losing. the losers, yeah. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the new in-season tournament that is going to be happening this year? I feel like I don't it, hate it. I don't know what it does. Like nothing. They're trying to because. As most casual fans would say, is like nobody watches regular season basketball. It's hard to watch. It's which sometimes true. Hard. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's just hard. I think people don't under or like the casual fan is so much more casual than most people think. I would say, and I think that's the problem. Is I don't think, and it's the same problem with baseball. To go on a quick tangent, is you're never going to convince these casual fans to watch like a Tuesday game. Like yeah. you're not, there's nothing you can do. There's no, like, and so I, I, I don't think, Oh, now the Tuesday game of the magic and the Clippers matters for the tournament. I'm, I'm tuning in. Like, I'm not, I'm not watching it. I'm sorry. The, my, my thing with it is that. So they're trying to take a page out of European soccer, right? Yeah. European soccer has, and honestly, soccer in the world has the Champions League and Europa League format where they have their uh, competitions in their country. So, like, the Premier League has the their competition in England where they play everyone twice and all that crap. And then they have that competition where if they finish a high enough place, they get to play in the Champions League where you play teams from all over Europe and it's more of a bracket style. That's what they're kind of trying to do. And... Uh, in, in Europe, basketball is played like that. They have their league in, like, Spain and Italy and France, and then they have their version of the Champions League, which is the Turkish um, Airlines thing, um, where they basically they play a group stage of games against teams, and then they play, like, two legs, or they play, like, best of three each round. And I think it's interesting, but... I don't think we need it because first off, we don't have a system where like we're playing against teams from other regions of the world. We're not doing that. So if you wanted to do a Champions League style thing, you could have just done that. Like where you play against other teams from around the world, but you're not doing that. So there's no and point. And fans aren't, fans aren't going to want to watch that because the other teams aren't going to be able to compete with 
these NBA they rosters. Do, though. It seems like they, they some, but if if the NBA teams take it seriously, I don't think it will be like so, huge deal. The, the the thing is with it is like it's just not needed because you're saying like Ryan said the the viewership's down, but you know the viewership was up this season, right? And again, it's like they're worried about the ratings for ESPN, right? When ESPN has their Wednesday and Friday games. The thing is, like, ESPN, there's a lot of blackouts in your region, so you're not watching on that. You're watching it on your home network. Like, when the Lakers play on ESPN, a lot of the times it could, it could be blacked out, so I have to watch it on Spectrum instead. It's like that kind of stuff, so that, that rating goes to Spectrum. I think it's just like, oh, we need something to get people excited about it. But it's like, once football ends – or once even football hits the playoffs, that's when people start to get excited about basketball. Because once it gets 30 games in, that's when implications start to come out more. So I think that's what I, – I just don't have an issue, especially with you're, you're making it so people have to play more games now, so people are going to not do load management as much. You don't need something like this to kind of take the attention away. I think it's, it would it's be- purely just like incentive-based. Yes, yeah. for the players in season. And that's what I was going to say is it's like 500000 a player for the winning team or something. Um, And I saw somebody trying to make an argument like, oh, like it'll make pe- players care. I'm like, you think – Not the stars. You think Bradley Beal getting paid $50 mil a year cares about five hundred k? Like maybe the third guy, third guy deep in the bench like cleaning up towels cares that he's getting five hundred k, but the dudes who are playing the game do not care. So, so it's interesting because that's the thing is like players don't care about it. Yeah. Okay. So, so we might see like a team like the Magic or a team like the Rockets make a deep run in it because the way it usually works is like so in England they have the Premier League right, but they have the FA Cup and um, Mm -hmm. the Carabao Cup, two different competitions, and they include like the Carabao Cup like includes every team from England like from like the seventh tier of British football to like the top tier of the Premier League, right? And a lot of the times a team from like the third division makes a deep run of the semifinals because all the Premier League teams play like their all their youth and all that stuff because they don't care about those competitions. They care about the Champions League and the, rank, the Premier League. So I might, I think we might see that as like teams like the Lakers and the Warriors and the Nuggets – are going to play all these young guys and send like the G league team there instead. But I just don't get how you're going to do it where it's part of the regular season, but it's not part of the regular season. And then like, I just I, think I just don't... it's interesting. Like you're saying, because the games are regular season games, like, and then it counts towards your, like you're talking about all these other games. It's like, oh, this game for Tuesday is a Carabao Cup game. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't count towards their Premier League. No. Yeah. See that, like, you're, it's going to be weird because it'll be a random Thursday game and it's going to be like, all right, guys, we have to care more tonight. Yeah. And you're telling me, yeah, you're telling me KD's like, all right, I got you, coach. Like, and isn't it only like a two day event though? Well, like the, the 27th like, and 29th of like that's like the month tournament, but they yeah. play games throughout the whole regular season that count towards your record for that. And then, oh, you're... okay. So is it, it's kind of similar to how the WNBA does their like commissioner commissioner's cup, cup thing. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly good. the same. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, like Matt's saying, 
So just because teams don't really care, you're going to all of a sudden like get to the end and be like, bro, the Magic went 6-0 and in these games. Like, they're the one seed. And you're like, nobody's going to watch. Yeah. The Magic. When it gets to the tournament, the team might just decide, look, yeah. I'm going to put all my starters in. And then it's just, yeah, there was exactly. no reason for them to do it. <laughs> Precisely. It's also like it, the final four thing is in December. It's like you're, you're going to be They're competing. Trying to have like direct- a huge streak in between like bowl games yeah. and like football where yeah, like you're going to be directly competing like with, the last week with, of December with, with playoff implication games for the NFL and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like college basketball does those preseason tournaments. They call them preseason tournaments, but they they count towards records, yeah. right? Like the Maui Jim Maui and stuff like that. But again, like the Maui Jim Maui is the only one that actually gets like ratings. Right. Yeah. So like, it's like it's like that. It's like college basketball. No what about the bad boy mowers like in the Bahamas, Matt. Yeah, they get ratings too. Like, no one yeah. watches college basketball until January. It's like the same thing with the NBA, except like big games on TNT or like ESPN. And even TNT realized like they moved their Thursday night games that they always do. They don't do Thursday night games until Thursday night football is done. They move those games to Tuesday nights now. So it's like, and another part of this is I know they're trying to decrease load management and like players caring. But I think we'll, we continue to, we saw it this year and we'll continue to see it is as long as you're making the playoffs and you're healthy, if you top four seed, five, six seed to some degree, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're not going to convince these regular season teams that I would rather play fly 75 games a year. So that we go 60 and 22 and we're the one seed. And then he's, burned out or we go 45 and we're the five seed you know what i mean like i don't think you're going to convince teams that these games need to matter more no the only time teams are gonna start gonna to like, but the only time they're going to start to like care about it is like late in the season like if they're moving up a spot or two so that they don't face off against you know the celtics or the warriors or lakers or whatever that's like how the Clippers were last year when Ty Lue looks over his shoulder and goes like, what's the score? Cause he doesn't want to face off against the Lakers first round. Have you seen the, format I think it's going to be like thing. that. The what? The format that this thing is going to be. I, I kind of paid it. It's literally, it's literally like the champions league where it's like a group stage. And then like you play four games in your group stage and then the six group winners go to the knockouts. So this might be interesting. We might see like, Point differential, um, play a play a Ooh. role in it. Wow. Um, yeah. in where a team because that's that's how it works in like soccer is like you if, if there's Goals, like a tie yeah. on points the um because they do like each win is three points in the group and a draw is one and t- a loss is zero. If the team's tied on points, they go to goal differential. So it'll be interesting to see if like the Lakers and the Warriors are in the same group. Let's say. And the Lakers and the Warriors have the same record, but they're both playing at the same time. And the Lakers need to win the game by like 30. They play 80 and LeBron like the whole fourth quarter, even though they're up to like, you know, like this is this is what they're trying to do is like get excitement. But I think this is just a, such a stupid thing because the, the it's scheduled for December 7th. You're a month into the season. Who cares? You think these players are going to go to Vegas and be like, I'm focused on basketball. No, they're going to be in fucking Vegas. 
I think it's interesting too. I know, and I'm trying to read to understand exactly, but like you were saying, like, I think the games matter to your regular season until like, I think it's only the championship is completely different or something. So I'm like, then do you just schedule the other games based on like, there's like, I'm saying there might be better games outside of this tournament because of just how it like matches up. And then you're going to be the Lakers and the Warriors play tonight. It's just a regular game, but Hey, the Pistons are playing the Grizzlies for the championship. And it's going to be like, the groupings are coming out tomorrow. Okay. That'll be interesting. That might, that yeah, might be ne- next, possible. next pod. We'll have to talk about how yeah. we're, if we'll watch those games, you know, <laughs> dude, it's so, it's so, that's so weird. It is. It is. All right. That, that is something, bro. That was a tangent. Okay. Losers. Good tangent. Good tangent. Damn. That was a long time. Um, we talked <laughs> about this earlier. Rockets. Number one loser. I think gave way too much money. Um, it's some weird and they thing. brought in veterans that I think Jeff Green is not going to be there in February. I'm telling you right now. No, <laughs> Jalen Green. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think like they just gave way too much money, and like yeah, Dylan Brooks. First off, like Dylan Brooks didn't belong in China or all that stuff. Like he's good. He's a very good, serviceable basketball player when he's healthy. Before Desmond Bain took his ascension, Dylan Brooks was averaging 19. Okay, let's remember he's a very good player. If he can get out of his antics mode and he could become that 18 points per game score again and plays good defense, he's a very good piece. But four-year 80, it's not terrible, but I don't know. It's just the Rockets just went from like 20 to 30 wins maybe. The thing too is Dylan Brooks and Red Van Vliet, at least last year, and like you're saying, I think Dylan Brooks had a down year to a certain degree and so did Van Vliet, but they're both inefficient. Yeah, like shooter. Like you didn't, you didn't add really sniping three point three and D players, and Fred Fleet isn't Steph Curry. Like you added, you added two of the worst three points like efficiency wise shooters in the league that like shoot volume. And so I think that was interesting that you're paying these dudes so much to come in, like they're more than like you just paid him too much for his role, I guess, in my opinion. But no, that's fair. Um, I hate to say it, and I know I, – I don't necessarily think it was that bad, but the Nuggets definitely had one of the not good off seasons. I was going to say worser, about a half some point. It, it might be one of the worst ones for a defending champ, for a champ. Yeah, yeah. I just – it just like – everything that we knew was going to happen almost happened, but it was like do something else, I guess. Like we didn't – we just did nothing. It's, I just – it was shocking to me how, again, I don't know what happened with Bruce Brown. Like, I don't know what the conversation was, right? But I feel like you got to, like, try to give him a little more. I don't know if they had bird rights on him, but I think they did because it was a trade, right? So, No, he was a free agent. Like, <sighs> I think, too, it's like, and I, I saw something about this and it reminded me like Manu Ginobili is a guy who like took pay cuts and yeah. played a left role. And he, you know, is a hall of famer now because of it. And it's like, you're telling me Bruce, like, it's just annoying, honestly, to think Bruce Brown is sitting there and you're like, homie, we're running this back. We're going to be good. You're still going to get, you know, we can get you up to, and the crazy thing to me was he could get a raise this summer and then he could get a whole new contract for like almost, I think it was like eight more mil to get yeah. up like 15 the next year. 
And it's like, you still aren't going to have that big of a role in Indy because Halliburton's still, you know, point PG one, you might even come off the bench probably still. So it's all, it's purely a money move. And I'm like, you really that greedy dog? It's crazy. When, when, when you don't know what can happen. Cause remember he could like, he could tear his ACL first yeah. play and be done, but he That's still gets true. that 45 mil. Yeah. So yeah, he right. needs to take that 45 mil. Yeah. Um, and again, like it suited himself up for where in two years he's only going to be like what twenty eight, yeah, twenty seven. He could just go to another contender. Um, with Denver, I just you you didn't see them like I thought they would bring in someone. They gave Reggie Jackson like ten mil, and I was like that over was two bad. years, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't We're know. It's just much on the young guys, like yeah. Christian Brown obviously showed he can do it. I don't know if he's a Bruce Brown level. And then it basically was like, all right, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, it's your time. Which Zeke I don't Nagy's hate. Terrible. Zeke yeah. Naji, Julian Strother. Yeah, Julian. But hey, the thing is, like, Strother is not ready to go out there and play in an NBA game. No, I think. No, he's like, going to be like throwing slot in there on a yeah. random night. So I think like you got to do what you did with Peyton Watson. Like Payne Watson, him in college, he was he he didn't start once. He played like ten minutes a game. It was just based on potential because he went to a stacked UCLA. He came to a UCLA team. He was a five star, but UCLA returned every rotation piece from a Final Four team. So he, there was no chance he was going to get a lot of minutes. I think it's smart what Denver did, and you know he basically didn't play all year, and now he's basically a rookie again. So I think you got to do something similar with Strother. But I, I don't I don't know what direction they're really going in. I will say the one thing, and we made a trade like during the finals to get, get some draft picks. Yeah. And I think the one thing I will say is like you're saying, the the no direction. I think from what I can tell and feel out is they are they're planning for the new CBA heavily because yeah. they know they have the big four under massive contracts. So I really think they're their plan and their like down the road future, like build, I guess if you want to call it that is they're literally just going to pay those big four and then, you know, have a guy like KCP. And then other than that, just do, have dudes on rookie deals. And then once your rookie deals up, like catch a later type or assign vet yeah. mins, I think they're really just trying to have the least amount of money outside of those four guys. And then trying to like piece it together. Which, Which is I, interesting. I, I, because but, they have like the richest, one of the richest owners in basketball. And dude is a cheapskate, bro. We don't even yes. have a practicality, bro. It's wild. Yeah, but he's worse with uh, the worst it is with him is with is with Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. He like is with with bum. he shows the money out for the Rams and he shows the money out for the Nuggets, but with Arsenal he does not care. Yeah, it is bad. He's it, the fact that he has like he, he, the Rams. The Avs, the Nuggets, and then the Monmouth, which is like the pro lacrosse league, so nobody really cares. But and then of course Arsenal did pretty well, and it's like I'm gonna keep rewarding this dude, bro. This dude's a scumbag, and we're yeah, gonna no, he's a dick. He's and we're gonna give him chips. He's like the most. He is the best owner in the last two to three years. And, yeah, and it's like, oh, this dude, like you can have rewarded someone. Oh man, it's annoying. Whatever. Um, yeah, I just think like the depth pieces are gonna be interesting now. Because you got you got to find them somewhere, but I 
I don't know. They're still going to win 55 games. Like, it doesn't really matter because they it's have the Joker. You so much, yeah. which I love. But yeah. like you said, they'll, they'll figure it out, but it might get scary. Get those youth players experience in the group stage, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was, hey, I like Julian, it. I know you haven't played at all in the NBA yet, but you're going to play 48 minutes today in this group <laughs> stage game, okay? Sure. Just letting you know. This is a big one. We need this to advance to the tourney, so I'm going to need a career high out of you. Hey, it's in Vegas, right? <laughs> I hope that it's was, in Vegas. Shout out, baby. Vegas kid. That's funny. That's good. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Um, another loser, and this is kind of still, I mean, it could change, I guess, but the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. They're just they're just in shambles, I think. Dude, Jer- Jeremy Grant, man. <laughs> Give that boy a bag to play defense. For a year? To play defense. Oh, Lord. That was, I mean, and then they just matched Matisse Thibel's offer sheet. Who can't do anything but, like, <laughs> Oh, man. If they, and then the tweet that came out yesterday that uh, Dame's agent basically said, unless you're the Heat, I would not trade for Dame. So now yeah. they're they're cooked. I, like, I really, I don't think they're going to trade him. And I don't, Does he not play? We haven't seen that in the NBA, have we? I mean, kind well, of. And it doesn't seem like Dame's the guy to do that. Either. So, so, so the only two I think I can think of is Iguodala did it when he got traded to Memphis. He held out right until he got traded to Miami, and Jay Crowder did it until he got like, traded yeah, yeah. to Brooklyn and then waved. I, I just don't. I don't know. I think. I think the biggest loser this offseason, if the, if this if this trade doesn't happen, is Miami. Because they tried to they lost every piece they had. Yeah. And now it's coming out that they need to find a third team for Tyler Hero. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, if I'm Portland, I'm like, why would I not want Tyler Hero at least to come in and sell some tickets uh, to the white people of the Pacific Northwest? I mean, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, like. That's funny. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not a great contract, but like, you need to sell tickets somehow. Scoot yeah. Henderson, man, that's who's there to yeah, sell Yeah, but that's them, not like, that's not tickets. like big enough. I think you just have to, you have to find a way, whether you take a bad deal to get rid of Dame at this point. So, so the, what it's looking like is like, Tyler Hero goes to a third team and then, the they get the Blazers get like Kyle Lowry, um, Jovich, Uthfordson, some else. Like I've seen, like the Heat don't want to trade Jaime Hawkins, which is very interesting to me because you just drafted him. I feel like you would want to trade him, but they don't want to trade him. Um, his dunk at summer league, by the way, poster, uh, my boy. They just don't have enough because they have him. It's because they have him under team control for like four years now. Yeah. they probably don't want. They don't. Just have, get they don't want picks that. too. That's the problem. They don't have no picks. And this is something I find super interesting is, like, I feel like people in the NBA in general have way too much weight on first-round picks these days. Yeah. Like, the amount of first-round picks who turn out to be successful is low. Yes. So, like you're so my, my thought my thought is, is, like, the package I would – if I'm Portland, if they offer me Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Um, Jovic, Omar Utfordson, like, Haywood and Highsmith. And, and like, like two first, two first, and like two pick swaps. I take that. Yeah, heartbeat. 
Like, I don't know if the contracts match exactly, but that seems so easy. Because, like, Dame's, what, he's 32, going on 33. Like, let him go and be competitive. Yeah. And you're getting a very good thing where you have two – you have Tyler Hero who can be a 25-point-per-game scorer on his own team. Duncan Robinson is an NBA-ready player. You get the opposite of of, uh, Matisse Thibault, you know, just slot them in there. Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Luka Jovic can be a very good player, and Omar Utvertsen and Haywood Highsmith have shown flashes. Like, it's good. And it's like, you're going to be bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the GM in Portland is sitting there thinking. You're going to be bad, dog. Like, stop stop acting like you're going to – like, like you're gonna make some move that gets that Dame gets you, Kobe Bryant from the. And dead, it's not dog. like you like, still have Terry Stotts coaching, where you're like, I need to compete because of Terry Stotts. You have Chauncey Billups. Yeah. He sucks. That's what oh, I get. I get yeah. so confused. I'm like, you're gonna be bad. Like, make a deal. It doesn't matter. You're gonna suck regardless. Get like, some picks. It's, pick. either, get some it's either they're Something. like mediocre with Dame, and they're competitive for like forty games, where they're like nineteen and twenty one. And then the bottom falls out and they become like 34 and 48 or yeah. you trade away because yeah, and then you have a future. What you did in giving Jeremy Grant a max contract like that is you basically said, oh, we're not going to add any pieces now because first off, there's not like a star on the market to pair with Dame right now. And yeah. you know, that guy's the most loyal player in the NBA. It probably took a lot for him to request that trade. Because remember, the Portland team he came into, every player left that he has that has come in with him. Lamarcus Aldridge left him. Nick Toom, Wes Matthews, CJ McCollum got traded six years later. After that, like, just the writing's on the wall, man. I don't agree. It's you got to do something. But again, uh, I just don't think he'll be traded. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They're they're sitting. They're 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 wishing for something that's not like out there. Yeah, because this is like the biggest trade know. saga we've had since what the AD one. Probably where it's like we know it's only going to be one or one one team that can make the offer for him, and yeah. that the player wants to go to. And you know, to go on a quick tangent, what are your guys' thoughts? I feel like, and I didn't really think it's been that bad, but. The agent saying that yesterday felt a little bit like, what are we doing? Like, the NBA is kind of in trouble when a player's agent can straight up be like, don't do it. Like, it, it just is it's, – it's hard for me to imagine, like, we're going to give players this much power where they can just have – you know, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but then basically yeah, – Especially, no especially when he doesn't have a no-trade clause. Yeah, exactly. That's what like I'm saying. Brad Beal, Brad Beal had the no-trade clause, so he could decide where he wants to go, right? But with – with Dame, it's like you'd think the organization would want to like do right by him yeah. because of what he's done for them. And I remember like someone said, franchise is, franchise is the greatest player of all time. I'm like, okay, well, well, Clyde Drexler, give him some love. He took him to the finals twice at least. Um, but I don't know. It's like Portland's been such an interesting franchise over the past like 30 years and how they operate and stuff like that. Let's like not forget the whole jailblazers thing that happened 20 years ago. Um, I I don't know. I I just don't. I think regardless. Yeah. They're in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, 
the last loser we have, um, which Houston kind of touched on, might not he might not think this, but Kyrie Irving. Matt, you wanna you wanna go with this one? I think just because he wanted some stability, right? In like, I think he wanted a five year deal. No one was gonna offer him a five year deal. So Dallas, I think Dallas wanted to give him a one, like a one plus one, just to see it again, see if it works or not. The three-year deal is fine. I don't know if there's a – I think it's a two-plus-one, right, with a player option in the third year. Um, but, like, it's a, it's a fine off. It's fine for him. But, again, like, he wanted some stability because of everything that's followed him throughout his career, especially over the past, like, three years. So I wouldn't be surprised if he runs his way out of Dallas in the second year, but I don't I don't know. I, he's he's just really so, tough. For teams to sign him just because of – yeah, you just don't know with that man anymore. Yeah. It, like, he, he's going to request a trade in two months and – Yeah, not like, like, it's just someone like we haven't seen a guy like his, of his talent with so much drama just follow. And it's not even like, like oh, being arrested or like weed or like drugs or something like that where like we see with a lot of players. It's just like his attitude. Yeah. He's just, he just never he, – he's gotten, like – think of, like, the situations he, he's been in now. Cleveland, heir to LeBron, didn't want to do it. Boston had the best young core, like, we've seen in a very long time. All he had to do was lead them. Didn't want to do it. Brooklyn wanted to play with KD and Harden. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to get vaccinated, all this crap. Now he's playing with Luka. This is, like, his 10th generational teammate in, like, the past six years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we saw it didn't work. What, what, what was their record like? Five and eleven when they played together, or something like that. Uh, something. They were they were only together for like twenty five games or something, and yeah, they so like, both were I, like out. I, just don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see them being. <clears throat> five and eleven. By the way, you're correct. Like the NBA analyst, though, I think it was like you know Kendrick Perkins. He loves Kyrie because he played with him on the Cavs. He said that, like, he didn't know why the Mavs, like, didn't want to fully invest in him because he put up, like, 26, 6-6 six and six when he was there with them. But it's just – I mean, it's just taking away yeah. stuff from Luka. You can't really pair those two ball-dominant stars together Big because, I mean, they were dominant. thriving so well with how Luka was doing. Yeah. That's nuts how many teammates he's had of star quality, and he's I, – and he's just so weird because it's like he'll say something on social media that's like, man, da-da-da, and then two days later he's like, man, I can't do this no more. Yeah. It's like, no, what are we doing? Are you good, bro? You, you chilling? I don't know. He's just – like I have no problem with him in, like on any level. It's just – he's just weird. Love his shoes. He, he got quality shoes, that's for sure. All right, let's uh let's each pick a deal here that we think is going to be impactful on a team's offseason. Mm. I good think do you want good or bad or just impactful? Yeah, any any, it doesn't matter. Okay. okay. I think the Max True deal is not going to age well, but I think it'll it's good for now. I think I really didn't know what Cleveland's doing because you brought back you brought back Harris LeVert, but then you add Max Schroes. 
and you already have Isaac Okoro. You traded away Chetty Osman, but you kind of have your pecking order already established. Uh, I don't know. Cleveland, it just seems like they're like, oh, you know, Evan Mobley is going to take this big step and we're going to be 60-win team and all this stuff. And I'm like, the clock's ticking for these for this team because you can't give some of these guys extensions. And if you can't give them extensions, then you're, you're kind of screwed. That's a bad CBA team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I think that's kind of the, a reactionary deal. Um, it's he his deal is the classic like I play good in March Madness and my draft stock goes up increasingly and then I'm not actually a good NBA player. That's how that's what his deal feels like is like I played good for the last month so people saw me more and then I got paid. So if Johnny I, Juzang, I, if, if Johnny Juzang went in the draft after that crazy ceremony, yeah, he would have been like a first round pick. That would have been. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think I think it's less of the fact that Max Struess. I don't know if he I, I he might be worth that, but I think like you're saying, I don't know where he fits in this team, and I think that's going to be the biggest issue. Is you're going to be like, this dude plays 15 minutes a game on this deal. Like, really, that's what we're doing. But yeah, I get what you mean. Houston, you want to go? Or you want me to go? You go ahead. Um, kind of a big deal we haven't touched on, uh, and it's kind of a two-parter, but the Warriors re-signing Draymond Green and then bringing in Chris Paul. Um, I don't know how I feel about giving Draymond four more years. Uh, I think I think it's good that they've established, they established like, sounds weird to say, but Green over Pool. So now you don't have any more weird – locker room issues who you know who doesn't like who but then i just i just don't get what they did with the chris paul trade bringing him in i know we kind of touched on that uh but i think the combination of bringing chris paul and draymond green i guess now kind of makes sense as in it's kind of like the one last push everyone on that team is over the age of 34 at this point it seems like so i don't know if it's a win or a loss i think it's just they 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 have shown that they're not committed to the future and they are committed to right now. So I think that's, that's good that they did it, I guess, if that makes sense. Would, would you be shocked if they don't make the, even the plan next year? Uh, See, this is what, with how good the West is. I could see it. I think it'd be shocking, but I could see it. Like I can see them bottom out and win only 35 games. Cause we've seen like Steph, Steph hasn't stayed healthy for a season in a while. And, you know, he's really the one guy on that team who can really do anything. Because um, we've seen, like, Clay is basically a three-point shooter at this point. Yeah. Um, Draymond's not giving you anything offensively. I just don't – you can't play small for an entire season. So one of these guys is going to have to come off the bench. I think it's CP3. I don't think he starts. Yeah. There's no, but I, I think, I don't think a guy of his pedigree is going to be like, I'm coming off the bench. Yeah, sure. I think that's kind of like a reality check for him. And yeah. if, he, if he's so committed to, he wants a ring, I feel like he'll have the self-awareness to do that personally. Because if he doesn't, there that's an awful lineup. That, that, that lineup couldn't guard a high school team, bro. No, it's Wiggins. It's Wiggins <laughs> is the only defensive player. It's Draymond playing a small ball five, which we know he's elite at, and then it's Wiggins guarding the best player, and then the second best player, and then the third. While while Chris Paul hobbles down the court on a cane, yeah, right? Like, 
yeah. So that's, I think it's just interesting. That's, that's why I wanted to bring that deal up. You go, Hugh. The deal that I am a bit sketchy on, uh, Cam Johnson to the Nets. I was thinking about that one. I just, like, it doesn't seem like he's a 25 mil a year player. Um, I like I get it because it's on the nets and they're trying to like establish like their team and he just got there and they don't really have like huge pieces. He was like a rotational dude before he went there at the trade deadline. And now they're just shelling out 25 mil for him a year. I could see them maybe doing like an $18 million contract, which would be a lot more like sustainable for the nets. I think. I think I get where they did it though is because he was restricted free agent, right? So, but that deal broke, like, right after free agency started. I think they were like, let's not even mess around with, like, someone else offering him an offer sheet. And then us having to, like, shell out and give him 30. Let's just give him the 25 now. So, I think, like, it's fine in that regards. But, again, like, it's a lot of money for him. And for a guy who averaged 16 when he got there, 18 in the playoffs, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'd he needs my, to take a big step. My, yeah. It's just weird, and I think this is kind of similar to like a Kyle Kuzma deal, where it's like these these bad teams got to pay somebody. You know, you got to reach, you got to get to the whatever the level is where you have, you have to pay, you know, fill up the salary cap a certain amount. I always forget what like the number is, but I think it's just weird to see dudes of that caliber where it's like, we know the nets aren't going to be that good. We know he's, he's not that level of a player, but it's just like, they were probably like, who else are we going to pay? So I think it's yeah. just interesting that to see, just to see a guy get that much money. Cause it's like, I know you're not worth that, but I guess you might be on this team because you're like a eight seed. Speaking of coups, man. I don't know why he would take stay in Washington. Bro, did you see his tweet? He's committed. They're on the come up. But like, yeah, I, I in feel like, like ten if years, he, if he if he's he wanted that payday, take like a two year deal. Don't take a four. I mean, he he, he might just be thinking, look at the deadline. If we're not like anywhere close, they just might try to get off of his contract. No, but they they won't do that in the first year of a four year deal. Maybe if it was like the third year. I mean later, yeah. But they, yeah, maybe that's what they're banking on. That like, their young guys, you know, don't progress in the next two to three years, and they'll just ship him off somewhere because they don't really have pieces right now. They have Pool, they have him, they have Avdia, Kisper, like. They got some picks Bilal, here and Bilal there. Kulibai. Yeah, I mean, he's like 18 Who? or Johnny 19 Davis or really said, young. Nobody's going by him. Who? Well, yeah, and Johnny Davis just like – he's like – I forgot Johnny Davis League, basically. That's a lotto pick, bro. Don't, don't he was like, me. what, pick seven? Yeah. Yeah, and now he's like doesn't even play. Like, they're not – and Daniel Gafford, like, as their center, they're not, like, a good team. They got They'll Tyus Jones, like, who will be traded at the deadline for sure. Yeah, they're, like, a 12 seed maybe what? who's, like – if they're good. 
That's exactly what I'm yeah, saying, though. It's like, he's, like it's, if, he's if Kuzma can like up his level to like 25 points a game, and like Jordan Poole can be like the next Steph Curry, I forgot yeah, they, they could like Poole. he's gonna like drop maybe 30 a game. play well. He's, no, he's not, yeah, man. There's no baddies in in DC. <laughs> the baddies, he's gonna pull baddies up. He's gonna bring the baddies to DC. Yeah, man, he's gonna pull that. Uh, that's that's generational. That right? Anton Watson, man. Dude, fly, some, fly someone out there, you know. It'd be kind of funny if he gets to Washington. He just sucks. It would be pretty on par. Not gonna lie. I mean, it could be, but like, there's no one else there who's doing anything. So he might just like he's screw gonna around and drop twenty five. He's gonna absolutely and then have tie and then and then when it like gets to the point where stuff has to happen, Tyus Jones comes yeah. in and just runs his stuff. <clears throat> All right. Before we go, what do we think about the Victor Wembanyama Britney Spears shit? That's crazy. I don't even know what to think about I, that. I mean, I didn't really see it. I looked at my phone yesterday and just saw that, like, supposedly she, like, grabbed him and then just, like, got beat by, like, the security staff. She's crazy. Yeah, she is. Like, I believe yeah. that she went up and grabbed him because she Hey, is. but Zoe, one, Zoe 102 coming out this month, man. I did hear that. Shout out. Shout Wait, out. Wait, what? Bangers. Shout out, shout like, out Jamie Lynn. Is, like, yeah, is her sister still in it? Shout out yeah. Pepperdine, bro. What are they doing though? Is it just going to be like some thirty-year-old playing like a high schooler? At no, I think like they're get, like two of them are getting married and like and they're making a movie. Yeah, it's oh, they made okay, the movie. Okay. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's it's ready. Damn. Um, predictions for women Yana's stat line tonight. Torn tonight, ACL. They play. <laughs> wow, that is bro. bad energy. That is bad vibes. If that uh, happens, the arena Matt, sold out. Canceled, dog. For it's a like, summer league game, it's like 190 a pop too. It's crazy. It's like it's like more than the average. Play like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, Who do they play? It'll be like not. It'll it won't be wild. It might be like a, a twenty and ten type vibe. I don't even know. Who, who, who are the Spurs playing tonight though? Knicks. Knicks. I don't even know. It's not somebody crazy. Because the good game is. Uh, there's a really good game. Um, yeah, Trailblazers Rockets is the banger. That'll be a good one. Are, are like all the young dudes in it? Like, is Jalen Green in it still? Yeah. No, I don't think Jalen Green, but like, but like, with Mari Thompson, Mari Jabari. Yeah, I think okay, so. I'm just that, saying, yeah. guys, I hate watching Summer League. It's like AAU, bro. It is all it is atrocious, especially so like a bad. bad team. Like, when the team's best player is bro, like, why do you think the Rockets Penny? are gonna like win it all, dog? Yeah. No, that is. Are they, do they have like dashing Knicks in there for like year four? <laughs> hey, he's Warriors, like, Warriors Lakers tonight. Really bad. Warriors Lakers tonight at eight p.m. Oh, that's funny. Nobody cares. I'm just gonna say, Keegan Murray has no business playing in the summer league. Bro, he uh, he, hey, he man, he's a second year player. He's, he's allowed to be there. What's he doing? You think, that, you, think, you think the NBA should put some clause in there? You know, like summer league MVP can't show up like the next year if he's still a rookie. I feel like I saw this thing. I was like listening to the radio, and it's like if you're if you're playing, if it's your you're going in your second year and you're still playing summer league, you better be dropping like twenty five a night. Yeah, yeah, or or you're not an NBA player. Yeah, like you should you should not be in some like Keegan Murray. Was a starter in the play, like p- balled out in a playoff series. Was a starter all season, and it's probably had the best rookie year out of this draft class, like overall, right? And he is still playing the fuck summer. 
Why? Hey, man, he's getting looks. He, but guys like he's getting guys looks. like guys like Paulo Bancaro aren't who led their team to like thirty wins and like Jaden. Because well, Paulo's like an all star now, basically. Oh, he's not. You you are too high like, on bro. that. Okay, rookie year he averages like twenty and ten. Yeah, he's like, not telling me like you're not telling me like, like Okafor averaged like nineteen and eight his rookie year, and look at where he is. He's also he was that guy though. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me Paulo's like not like one step away from being an all star this year. No, he's not. He's right there. No, that's a good place to end at Houston. Well said. Okay, thank you. Thank hey, you. one thing's for sure, he can never show up to Italy again. That is bad. That was funny. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's USA not worth going to Italy now, anyways. Team USA taking the tenth place medal at the FIBA's Colin. Bro, what is that squad? We don't even have time to that, bro. That is a absolute what I no no comment. No comment. Bro, I'm just here showing I just saw the other day like the women's team like finished fourth. Aren't they like the most dominant like force in like, US history? Playing, bro. Like Angel Reese um, is their best player. Was it U twenty, U twenty one for that, or oh, was it the real it one? The, it was the like America or something like that. Oh, so, like, just, okay. And they lost to like like Brazil beat them or Brazil, something. Brazil, yeah, by like ten or something. It like wasn't even close. Yeah, but yeah, we're falling, man. Like Vonnie's playing on the Canada team. Yeah, she's been balling too. Yeah, exactly. Like no, twelve no, and six. Yeah. No, there's no like WNBA hoopers in that right now. No. no. All right, it's been good. It's been great. Yep. Thanks for yes, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Back Rim Free Agency Recap. We had a good time uh, talking a little bit about stuff uh it was a good episode so we hope you could join us next week probably talk more about the summer league because that's all that's really going on in the world of basketball it's very dull in the offseason talk a little bit about that maybe again to some other stuff hopefully dame gets traded by then i doubt it though but we'll see catch us next time later see ya